Chapter Twenty Six of the Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or The Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter Twenty Six thrilling and demoniacal plotting of the conspirators. The bloody conspirators had now increased their number of members largely, and a special meeting had been called for Wednesday evening, sharp at eight o'clock, in Tabernacle Hall. Reverend Joe Pyer, the president, in the chair, who called the members to order when the doors were securely locked, and business was commenced. Deacon Rob Stew was the first man who took the floor, and spoke as follows. Beloved saints, I have a great deal to say to you this evening that is to be kept sacredly secret, and I therefore again assert that if there is any chicken-hearted brother or sister present, whoever it is, he or she may at once be removed. Will the President challenge the new members, who are not so fully indoctrinated into our plans and mottoes as is necessary? Certainly, brothers do. I will do as you say for you all know that I tremble when I think of the arduous work that it is our holy mission to fulfill. Therefore I order all the members to rise to their feet, and repeat our pledge after me, responded Reverend Joe Pyre. After the terrible oath was repeated by each new member separately, the reader knows what that oath is, has read it in the second chapter. Deacon Stew continued, Feeling again safe in confiding my bloody plans to your hearts and hands, I shall briefly state what I have secretly learned, and what I propose shall be done. I say shall, because I am ordained by the Church to see to financial and secular matters as well as to assist in conducting religious worship. Dr. Juno has again escaped us, which is the most unfortunate thing that could have befallen the saints, and he has already advertised to speak in Concert Hall next Sabbath evening. But I have fixed matters for him already, so that he will be locked out of the hall when his hour for discourse appears. I have managed this through the Young Men's Association, who have great influence with the proprietor of Concert Hall. But whilst this will deprive him from speaking on that occasion, it will not stop him from trying it elsewhere. Moreover, he has a small hall of his own, where he holds his physiological lectures to the sexes. But I am sure I have a plan in view which will entrap him, if it is rigidly carried out by our religious people, and by the secret conclave. It is this. We must have the cry vigorously circulated, far and near, that Victor Juno is an awful rue, who has proved such already in public esteem by the reputation we gave him, by the seduction of, and elopement with, Miss Lucinda Armington. Therefore we shall hire a few fascinating single ladies who must go to his medical office for professional advice, and endeavor to get him to make improper advances towards them, and if they cannot succeed, will, nevertheless, be willing to swear before a public tribunal that he insulted them. I do not think that such a plan will work successfully, but why not concoct some method by which we can either imprison or hang him? said Dr. Toy Pansy. No, sir, your plan would be dangerous at present, for we dare not make too many bold attempts at his life so closely together because you must all know that the people are looking sharply on, and when they should find out that this man was being too roughly handled, they might arouse the hue and cry, 
persecution and republicanism subjugated which might cause mob law and rebellion a thing we shall avoid by quietly but cunningly working in the way i have proposed however i have not given you my whole plans as yet dr juno is not a suspicious man but a fearless dog hence several married ladies should be hired to visit his medical office also and seek domestic advice and if they cannot induce him to make improper overtures to them they must nevertheless go home to their husbands and for this purpose we must select handsome women whose husbands are already jealous of their wives and who are not afraid to shoot him and tell their jealous better halves that dr juno grossly insulted them and if they had not accidentally escaped him they would have been ruined said deacon stew i have a still better plan responded dr toy pansy that is a plan that is more likely to succeed and will be far more plausible it must be very certain that dr juno needs money for we have already impoverished him by our past course and he is heavily in debt which he dreads awfully therefore we should send some unprincipled females to him with five hundred or a thousand dollars apiece to offer him for producing abortion on them which very likely he would do he is skilful in surgery and should undoubtedly conclude that this would be an easy way of making large sums of money this is the best plan interrupted sister nancy clover and afterwards arrest him and have him sent to the penitentiary for twenty or thirty years which would ruin him thoroughly and forever even though he should be pardoned by some weak-minded governor oh holy sister nancy clover you are such a deep saint that my soul swells when i hear you sanction such safe and cautious plans said rev joe pyre i have still another plan should he again attempt to speak in a large public hall where we should fail to control the proprietor thereof and you will all agree with me that it will succeed in convicting him for a misdemeanor that gives him one year in the county prison and five hundred dollars fine dr juno publishes and sells several medical books one of them is on the physiology of marriage and we can readily cry it down as an obscene publication and all we have to do is to apply to our good-natured and sincerely pious mayor who will arrest him just before he steps on the rostrum to preach and convey him to the central station where in some rude cell he will stay until the following monday morning because there will be no officer there on sabbath evening to give him a hearing or take bail by the morning following all the newspapers will delight in filling their columns with the arrest of dr juno for selling obscene books and giving indecent sermons said deacon rob stew excellent excellent most excellent exclaimed sister nancy clover and added and i am sure if we can once get him before a grand jury he will be indicted forthwith and our exemplary district attorney charlson who is a member of several leagues of pious and republican orders will work for his conviction with all his pious shrewdness and we can easily manage to get judge sanctiblor on the bench who will conspire with the district attorney charlson and rule out all of dr juno's testimony misconstrue the law to the jury and sentence him to the full extent of the law and deem it a religious duty becoming the elect mr president and brothers and sisters i am a tyro in this work of devilry which you are conspiring to carry out under the cloak of holy religion now whilst i shall not violate my oath which i have been compelled to take this evening i nevertheless am not willing to cooperate with you in the fulfilment of this nefarious work said henry gossamer earnestly and with a derisive countenance great mars may i never live to see to-morrow if this wretched apostate shall leave this hall to-night until we settle his benignant conscience furiously exclaimed deacon rob stew 
such miserable devils as brother harry gossamer should learn to understand upon what ground they stand when they enter our secret order sir mr rob stew need not fear that i shall betray the holy saint whom i now behold in his true colours cease your sarcasm furiously exclaimed deacon stew interrupting the speaker whilst he continued mr president i order this vile apostate to be at once arrested tried convicted and sentenced by this court of secrecy according to our oath what say the brothers and sisters arrest him arrest him was the unanimous cry when he was pounced upon by the entire brotherhood who knocked him senseless to the floor and cast him into their dungeon end of chapter twenty six recording by todd